everyone, and welcome to Light Conversations on Trauma podcast. Bringing conversations around hardship into the light. It's me, Peter Middleton, here, and I'll be hosting this podcast. This is a space for intimate and empathetic chat around trauma, big T or little t. We have regular sections to this podcast, so look out for them. And each episode, I'll be joined by a guest who will share their unique perspective. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome, everybody, to Light Conversations on Trauma Podcast. Yes, I'm here with Veronica Paris. <laughs> Welcome, Veronica. Yay! Thank you, Peter. So happy to be here. Truly delighted. Yes, I'm delighted to have you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. It's going to be really, really... I know there's some deep wisdom in there already, so... I'd like to start off by asking you, what's your vibe? Oh, my vibe is being a catalyst for truth, meaning the truth of uh, each individual that I am blessed to meet, the truth of who they are uh, beyond the story, beyond what has happened to them. Um, at a very core level, that is my vibe. Wow, that's a yes. that's a great vibe to have. <laughs> I love that vibe. <laughs> yeah, I can resonate with that actually. It's I always seem to to draw the truth out of people, whether they like it or not. <laughs> yeah, been, I mean, obviously, I won't I won't do it un- intentionally if they don't. But um, yeah, it's um, it's it's a really profound thing profound gift it is a gift it is and it and it's this this beautiful gift of remembrance Uh, you know and and for me personally a big part of it is through my journey through where I have been um in my life um it's a remembrance of um um similarities uh because i've been there i've i've experienced that i know that trauma i know that pain i know that feeling and and here's what i also know to be true about myself and about you Mm. yeah that's really yeah that's it isn't it yeah Yeah. that is so it that is that is like the empathy in a nutshell yeah and the compassion yeah recognizing yeah 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 because it's it's my it's my big belief that we are brought here uh, for the divine purpose of these experiences of these traumas that we go through in our lives, and they're all divinely appointed to each and every one of us. Um, and while they are unique to each and every one of us, they are all one and the same, meaning they all result in these uh, pains and these sadnesses and these depressions, anxiety, these feelings of hopelessness. And yet, if we 
we can um, talk about those things and then um, and then from a place of love and compassion and empathy, the truth just automatically comes to the surface and em- emulates. Mm. And it's it's mm. just a beautiful, beautiful process. Yeah. Yes, indeed, it is. It is, and it does. It, the way you describe it, it does seem to work. It like does seem to sort of bubble up from somewhere. Yeah. 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 It's that sharing that shame, sharing that mm-hmm. guilt, sharing that pain, sharing that sadness, just just automatically um, uh, gives birth to 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 the truth of what truly organically is, yeah. uh, uh, and it brings it to light. To be yeah. loved and to be seen, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of what, you know, um, even Buddha says that life is suffering. Like, it's one of the first noble truths, you know. It's like, that's the connecting force that we have as human beings, you know. And we're all yeah. trying to hide it from each other. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't, I haven't, I haven't experienced any suffering. What are you talking about? That's right, that's right. <laughs> and, and the ironic thing is it's the way through to connection isn't it? It's, it's the way through and it's so powerful. And if we can get to that place where we really give ourselves permission to Mm. be in that space using consciousness of how we, we articulated and who we allow to witness that space, Mm -hmm. it's really um, just transformation um, is just incredible how it can happen and quickly, how quickly it can happen. And, and Mm. uh, so many of us are in the head or I know in my, experience i've been in the mm-hmm. head and the ego around it and the heels get dug in when i start mm-hmm. to feel the discomfort and the pain or or mm-hmm. or anything that that um brings about what what is labeled as negative feelings or dark or shadows or all of those things mm-hmm. my ego wants to just dig my you know dig the heels in and 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 be in a place of resistance but if i can just you know center myself for the moment and breathe into that moment and trust even just the smallest bit of myself mm-hmm. and surrender into that sweet space that is the birthplace for the mm-hmm. truth Wow. Yeah. Oh, very well said. Very well said. Thank you. Okay. Um, I forgot to tell you, I've got this little, um, I've got this little uh, bell that I'm going to ring when we've got a minute left of each section. Okay. Okay. Just to let you know. Um, so yeah, we're going to start off with what's your inner voice saying? Oh, that's a full body. Yes. Oh, that reminds me of something. I like that. What'd you do that for? Oh, they're going to hate me. Be loving. What are they going to think? Oh, I feel so... Mm, that's tasty. Be kind. I like the smell of that. Don't be so cold. Use that language here. Why did you do that? I am love. Hey, what's your inner voice saying? Oh, my inner voice is saying... Shine more. Shine brighter. Um, don't mm. be afraid. Um, let yourself be seen. Trust, believe, have faith. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And and those are like, I hear the thread of like expansion in there. Like, like, you, they, like those voices are calling you forward in a way. Yeah, absolutely. They are. Have you, have you always had that experience or has it always been the same or is it a recent thing? No, it's definitely a recent thing in my own transformation. 
uh, as the more that I've transformed energetically, spiritually, emotionally, consciously, um, all the layers, the more the, the messages have shifted. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever um, think I would be on a podcast or um, exposing <laughs> <did> myself <laughs> <laughs> exposing myself in bigger ways like social media. Yeah. Uh, for me, the, the the inner child that experienced extensive trauma um, was mm-hmm. really fearful to being seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can resonate with that one. Yeah, and that's common um, from what I have observed of other people's stories too. It's interesting how the inner voices evolve over time in that way. It's, it's almost like. Um, it's almost like they evaluate what's possible and give you those options in a way. Yes. And for me also, the inner voice has been uh, congruent with where my vibe has been, meaning where my evolution has been, because my inner voice used to be, um, you are not worthy. Um, You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. This is never going to change. You're never going to change. All of those, you know, um, self-sabotaging types of dialogues. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting how my inner voice has always matched my inner frequency of where I am on my transformational journey. Right. I see. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's just such a common space to be in um, for, for most people. Like I hear, like I know that Louise Hay always used to say like unworthiness is like the, is pretty much the core of most people's um, experience of lack it's she's i think she famously said once that you can break all of people's problems down to to that i'm not enough or i'm not worthy yes you can find that in in almost all cases of lack yeah i agree with that and i also i also feel that this inner voice because even though my inner voice right now is saying be seen show up um uh, do more um offer more be of service more even mm-hmm. though my inner voice is saying that there is something in my body as we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. that also has its own programming that tells me oh no we're not going to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh, no, no, it's, that. it's not yeah. time to do that <laughs> yeah. so so there is still energetically in my body and for me it's about the practice of continuing to sit down for ceremony continuing to um, have my meditations continue continuing to feed my mind whether it be with um, podcasts or books or classes courses that I continue to energetically um, do my part in shifting all the layers yeah shifting yeah for sure uh, that's why I love what Michael Beckwith says about um, the journey. It's just like um, sincerity and earnestness are, are two of the most important things because of those reasons. Like I was describing to you before how I've been really depressed this week as a somatic imprint that's within me. And as I show up more in these spaces, like I think it's being called forward, like to be dealt with basically. Um, so yeah, like you said, the, my body is, is, has been heavy and, and it's, it's been holding me back from stepping into spaces. Um, so I've been dealing with that this week and, and the, really the one, the one thing that's 
allowed me to evolve that. And I guess it's a voice that I'm developing is, is the sincerity and the earnestness just to show up for ritual and practice, um, whether I want to or not. <laughs> there's, <laughs> right. there's so many times where, where I sit down to meditate and I feel one way and then, you know, the energy kind of washes through me or I sort of work through a thought or a, a process or like a somatic imprint, I work through it in meditation and then I come out the other side and it's like what maybe sometimes half an hour but I come out the other side like in a different state of mind a different yeah. energy state so yeah it can be really profound I love that and 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 for me also it's it's imperative to listen to myself listen to my body listen to my intuition in those moments where I'm feeling that stuckness and maybe I I go ahead and I sit on the pillow, meditation pillow, and I try that for a while and it's just not moving it. Mm. So then it's around, well, maybe I need to get up and move my body and dance, even if it's yeah, an ugly cry dance, right? Yes. Even if I'm crying and I have this really, <laughs> you know, right? So, so yeah. then maybe it's that, or if that doesn't yes. feel like it resonates, then maybe putting pen to paper and journaling or, yeah. or, you know, who knows, maybe it's tearing up a bunch of paper because I have some built up rage inside of me yeah. and I need to really process it out. Yeah. You know, it's really absolutely. about listening to the intuition and what it's feeling called to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so great that you mentioned that. So great. And just, yeah, for me, sometimes it's like going for a run or I don't know, you know, I think maybe in my masculine, it's a bit more like I, sometimes I just need to do something logical. <laughs> you know, that's a classic trope i guess but and also like um sometimes you know sometimes the expression between men and men and men and women are very like they can be different they can be different and i suppose the masculine energy and the feminine energy is what i'm talking about yeah um sometimes sometimes it's like the voice tells me like okay go go talk to your guy friend who's going to give you really direct and and kind of maybe he's going to call you forward a little, just be like, this is what you're doing. Do you see that? And other times it's like, I really need some feminine presence here. And yeah. And I, I love held. that, Peter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it's so true with women as well, right? Yeah. Being held by the divine feminine amongst yeah. your sisters in that really mm. soft red tent type of way where you're really just intimately yes. vulnerable with your other sisters. Mm. And then, you know, maybe as a man, you're in the, you know, the, uh, the real masculine energy <laughs> and really, you know, doing all the guy stuff that you need to do. It's so important for us to each honor our own, you know, divinity whether it be masculine energy vice versa however we're feeling in that moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i like uh, i like what you're speaking to as well with the it's kind of an intuition thing isn't it um i know that in my own story that i started off in our culture in the uk we kind of shame intuition a lot um we're like very logical and rational kind of culture and I think I think the first stage of opening up my intuition was a kind of it. Was, I wasn't quite sure what the voice was that was talking to me, um, through me. Sometimes somatically, like you said, like intuition sometimes comes through a pain in this somewhere. You know, it's like uh, my arm hurts. What does that mean? <laughs> Something like that. Um, I have like quite splenic intuition as it happens. Um, that's more like Chinese medicine, but um, yeah, 
um, it took a while for me to, took a while for me to start trusting and listening to that as well. I wonder, yeah. For, yeah, I wonder for me if, as well, Peter. And I, I, I believe that as survivors of trauma, um, mm. we have this, um, this uh, automatic doubt of ourselves because we, you know, when we were younger, we saw truth and we tried to express truth. We tried to communicate truth through, whether it be through our body language, through our, 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 our vocal cords. However, mm-hmm. we tried to say, Hey, no, this isn't okay. This is okay. Fight or flight, whatever it was that we were doing in that moment. And it was not acknowledged or recognized or respected honored. So Mm. for me, that throws a blanket of self-doubt each and every time that happened in our lives. So as we now step into our sovereignty and we really start to show up in our lives as our highest selves and honoring our alignment, honoring our intuition, it's really about questioning, is this a blanket of doubt or is this actually my intuition? You know, it's really around, is this something from the past that is telling me um, to, 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 you know, that is doubting myself, that, you know, all of that. And, and for me, the biggest um, tell, tall tale sign is how my body is feeling. Mm. And this is what I'll tell the people that I meet with, the clients is, how does it feel in your body? You know, just like if Mm. you were to ask yourself, um, I want a really delicious, nutritious salad, or I want a Snickers bar. (laughs) Which one, when you hold the two, you know, um, next to each other, which one resonates in your body where it feels good? Mm. And I'll start with these little simple exercises of the park or the beach. Mm. Which one resonates in your intuition? I'll start with these little simple exercises to help build the intuition up because for us survivors of trauma, it really does require us to relearn how to honor, well, first connect and then honor our intuition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. first connect for sure. And also, yeah, like it's, I think the reflection is is needed in a safe environment and that's not always guaranteed, is it? You know, right. even within us, even within, within ourselves, you know, it's not always a safe environment um, because traumatic response can be very scary and very big. Like, I guess when I first started psychotherapy, I was actually scared to deal with the anger that I had. And, and you mentioned rage. It was a rage. And um, I just listened to Tim Ferriss's podcast about his own experience of childhood trauma and i think it's amazing that he's come out and said those things because it validates the rage it okay it's not it's not desirable but it absolutely is a part of of that experience yeah and the more you shame it the more that it can't be healed yeah that's gets right. internalized as a as a shaming voice that's than, right yeah And the more that you sit with it and the more that you allow it to authentically be seen and being been and be heard in a safe space, right. Creating Mm -hmm. that safe container, whether it be with someone else or yourself in ceremony, however you choose to do it, Mm -hmm. it gives that child within 
permission to be heard as he or she organically needs to be heard, mm-hmm. right? It's not pretty. This is no, not, you know, this not is sometimes. not, we're getting, yeah, no. Yeah. And, and right, so many of us are conditioned to be pretty and to not yeah. make a mess and to not be too loud and don't say those words, right? And mm. I say, F that. I say be yourself authentically, organically, because the more that you uh, try to conform and control that, it's if you can give yourself the visual, which is what I do, of trying mm. to conform and control this inner, this little child within who's mm. in a lot of pain. They yeah. deserve that space to be heard, witnessed, and healed. Yeah, that's so beautiful. They do. They do. And you go back yeah. for them in that way, don't you? Yeah, I said that to my friend the other day, and I was crying when I said it. I was like, I went, I went back for him. I went back yes. for him, and you have to, you got to, you got to go back. That's what it's all about. That's yeah, the yeah. hero's journey, Ooh. Peter. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, one of the ways that I processed my own trauma was I became a sound engineer. So, like for for a living, I I made loud noises. And I would, and I would also you know, try and go out and, and experience nature's like highest um, de- um, intensity as well. If there was ever a storm, I'd try and go to the like local beaches or cliffs and just be like howling wind and just like that was an opportunity for me to like experience that, which was reflected within me, you know. And I, I, and many times I'd just like kind of shout and scream into the wind just because I couldn't do it anywhere else. So like you said, it's not pretty. It's not pretty sometimes, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. And that's why the the safe container is so imperative. Yeah. You know, that, that we really use discernment in how we are going to process this. And it's really an intentional, an intentional thing that we do where we create that container. Yeah. I'd say that above all else, really, you know, because, um, if you're he- if you're healing, then it's a beautiful thing. But but you know, healing can be such a force. You have to just you always, in my opinion, you always have to have your safety in mind because yeah. because healing can push you into spaces of chaos and like, surrender to the process. Yeah, surrender to the and you you mentioned like intuition with the hand, and I think that really beautifully mirrors coherence. You know like yeah surrender to the process and and be coherent with what's happening yeah that's amazing yeah things things start to unfold when you go to those spaces you know really beautifully it's it's where transformation begins yeah lovely right well next section you picked is that's deep that's deep think we've already been there (laughs) (laughs) i can go deeper how about you yes i can all right let's do it you know that i can okay i would oh i would love to talk and share about what is available to us energetically beyond Mm. this world 
okay. what is available to us beyond this world when we really allow ourselves to surrender from this consciousness, from this level of frequency, from this level of consciousness, and really mm. let go, right, in that trusted space. For me, it's every morning I have sacred ceremony mm-hmm. where I connect to this energy source, quantum, the quantum field, the divinity, mm. God source, whatever it is that you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I really want to speak into this because there's such profound wisdom and love and support available for us when we step into this space. Um, uh, it's it's nothing that can be attained here in this 3D <laughs> world, and and it's really something that I, that's changed my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah, I um I've also also had those experiences as well um so what there's a lot of aspects here um i wondered where you want to where you want to start so i'd love to start with um right in, in the simple i i really um this is new to me i would say within the past six months to a year where I've, um, and it all started with meditation, having a meditation practice every morning, I would go into sacred space, quiet the mind, Mm -hmm. and really start to connect to the energies beyond. And um, Mm -hmm. what would start to happen for me is I started to connect to loved ones who had transitioned, my mother, my brother. Um, Mm. So, so, so I would start to connect to them. Um, A lot of times also what happens for me is I connect to the inner child energetically I can see them I can feel them I can Mm. gain information from them on what it is that they need from me at this level in our journey and um, and I see these parts of the inner child as fragmented energy Um, Uh, yeah okay yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. you're like calling them you're calling them back in that's recalling it back in. That's right. And it's in that interaction. It's in that dialogue that the fragmented energy, I see it as an energy DNA uh, helix. I see it get coiled right back in. When we start to have that energy exchange, when we start to have that dialogue with the inner child, that fragmented energy that maybe is the 13, the six-year-old, the 10-year-old, you know, fragmented out, whoever we're connecting to that piece, as we begin to do the healing process, whatever that that may be the rage, the crying, the depression, whatever it is, it mm. starts to recoil back into our main energy source. Wow. So it's really powerful. Yeah, because I've noticed a couple of things like on my own journey. So the concentric circles seem to be a theme, right? So that that kind of DNA helix kind of thing. It's like you you come around and you witness things over and over again and you you sort of ascribe more and more meaning to it um as you go and yeah it um it 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 it, uh, it evolves in that way right yes and then the other thing was when i had a f- the first flashback memory of of the trauma that i experienced it all like i looked back into my life and all the memories just went click 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 ah oh. Like it was a relief. It was also re- really shocking and I had to deal with it a lot, but it, it was, it was a curious thing. Like I looked back at all my memories and they went click, 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 click. That's why that happened. That's why I behaved that way. And there was a huge, huge theme in my life of behaving in ways that I couldn't understand. 
couldn't yeah. understand why I did those things. And so that yeah. really, that's really fascinating. That really for, has fascinated me for a long time. Yeah. And for me hearing that, Peter, for me in that moment that you had that clicking, mm. for me, it's that fragmented energy got tucked back into your coil, mm. your energy coil. And for uh-huh. me, it's like, oh, okay, now I could see the whole picture. Oh. Whereas when it's fragmented out, you can't see the whole picture because you're too busy acting out um, the this this fragmented, whatever this fragmented energy is calling for, right? Yeah. If it's calling for attention, if it's calling for a victim consciousness, if it's calling for self-sabotage whatever it's calling for you know when the fragmented energy is 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 out so to speak uh, like the thumb you know on a uh-huh. hitchhiker it's kind of like you know it's, uh, it's okay fr- wherever <laughs> yeah it's frayed out right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna uh, the outlet is going to be whatever outcome it's used to having whatever outcome it's accustomed to having it could be victim consciousness it could be depression yeah. it could be anxiety so when you do the work to connect with that piece it tucks back in and then you have the broader perspective and you could see the whole picture. Wow. Yeah. That's how I see it. So you have the visual too, because you're yeah. a visual person, aren't you? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so you align to that, you align to that concept and then anything you go through, you're, you're trying to co- be coherent to that, that, pro- that concept or do you, your process is your process a little different? My process is for myself and for the clients that I work with, if there's a behavior that no longer serves us that we are acting on, there's a fragmented energy in and let's focus in on that. The work that I do energetically is I can connect to that energy part for the client if they have a disconnect and they cannot connect themselves. So Mm -hmm. I connect to that part and channel back to them all the information that I receive and what is in their best interest for their healing moving forward. And I, 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 I do it so well now for them because I did it for myself. Yeah. I sat with the little girl who was sexually assaulted. I sat with the little girl yeah. who had um, alcoholic parents. I sat with the little girl who was um, physically abused. I sat with all of these parts of my own fragment, fragmented energy and continue to do so, I believe, till the day that I transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it, and, and this is that, this is that, you know, going deep piece where the information that is beyond what we can comprehend in this world, there is no book that I can pick up right now. There is no Google that is going to tell me about this fragmented energy within myself. Mm. It is within my, it is within my power and, and mm. to sit with myself and literally connect to that part energetically mm. of myself and the amount of information and empowerment and inspiration and love and hope and healing that is in that piece is beyond anything I can describe. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And it's kind of like in Western philosophy, it's kind of like, where they approach it from the wrong angle like you mentioned the quantum field it's like really the first first time with quantum physics in western thought i guess if you want to put it that way that it's even come close to to describing any of these things and i think in the next like what however time like 10 maybe 50 years like once that knowledge is sort of like drifting through um the society you know like I think, you know, the closest thing I've ever um, seen or heard is the kind of Vedic traditions with the Akash, 
You know, Akash means space and everything comes from the space. It emerges from the space and there's like records within the Akash, like energetic imprints for each person. So yeah, like if you, if you can access that space, then you, you, you can access, um, all of the energy that is within your imprint. Yeah. Maybe it's not realized yet. Yeah. And to take it even deeper, Peter. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> because that's my style. Right. Is, okay. is the access of our past lives. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In, in this yeah, infinite, sure. vast space, in this infinite, vast, energetic world, if yeah. we can if we can sit with our own human selves long enough Mm. to really sink in and drop in quieting the mind and really drop in, it's Mm. available to us past life, knowledge, past Mm. life, um, information, past life, empowerment, strength, Mm -hmm. inspiration. And it's all intertwined into the life we have right here, right now. Of course. There's Um, threads that come through. There is. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I started to remember, I think I've always had a, a gift. I mean, I always felt these ways, like even as a child, and there was a lot of shame there for me over that, that stuff, over those gifts, you know, like I always had a sense of that and grew up in a culture that didn't celebrate that. In fact, it viewed it as insane. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a cultural fear that plays out. That's a cultural fear. Um, But like I always, you know, I remember like a life that I had where in Japan, for example, like I was a samurai or, and even like in this life, I practiced karate and Reiki and meditation and Zen Buddhism. And a lot of my culture is aligned with Japan, basically. So even if you want to take it really practically, that is there, like, and I've I've gravitated towards those things. Yeah, I don't believe in the word coincidence, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you're bringing this piece up, Peter, because I think a big part and a really integral part for us in our own journey of Mm self-love, trusting in ourselves and having faith in ourselves is really sitting with that fear of being shamed, fear of being criticized, fear of what will other people think, you know, there's really um, a powerful transformation in, I'm aware of what other people are going to think, I'm aware of what other people of society says about all of these, what they call woo woo things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway, because I've gotten to a place where I love myself enough to. Yeah, 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 for sure. And even the sense of like, I've always channeled, I've always channeled energies and guides and always done that. Like ever since I can remember, it freaked me the hell out when I was a yes. kid. It freaked me the hell out. It was yes. like, who's this woman in my room? <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I do. Yeah. And like, I always remember when we were kids, we, we were playing around and we went to the cemetery and I was super uncomfortable because I channel energy, you know, I channel spirits and stuff like whatever you want to call them, whatever you want to label them. But we went in this cemetery to goof around and my, and I was talking about it with my other friend who's very sensitive and we both believe in it. And then I had a third friend who didn't believe it. And he started jumping around on people's graves, which is like, I hate that anyway. That's a strong word, but it's like, you should never do that ever. Like that's not respectful anyway. But as soon as he started doing that, I started to feel unwelcome 
I started to feel unwelcome in that place yeah, and then sure. I got freaked out and left basically. Yeah. And, and I, I resonate with that deeply. And, and for me, the more that I energetically connect to the other side, so to speak, you know, not of this world, the more yeah. that I energetically connect, the more that I become this fluid channel of frequency right. and, you know, I'll, 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 I'll receive these messages and then I'll ask who is this attached to? And I'll get a visual of who it's attached to. And I will deliver the message with no, um, um, conditions, no expectations yeah. attached. I'll just say here, you know, if you want this, I'll ask first if they want it. And if they, they always say they do, and yeah. I share it with them, it's a beautiful healing of love for them. Yeah. Um, but I had to let go of what other people would think of me in that aspect of myself with the channeling yeah. and even connecting to the inner child, you know, in the yeah. sessions that I do connecting to the individual's inner child, yeah. I had to let go of marketing that and what others would think of that mm-hmm. um, and know mm-hmm. that it would land to those who were indeed um, meant to receive it. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think, I think with the childhood trauma it makes you like hypersensitive anyway. So like we were talking, I was talking recently about how I can read people's facial like changes, like even the really like minute ones, I can read them really well because of the trauma because you get hyper aware to your, to your environment. So there's that, there's the, there's being observant as a trauma survivor, as a child, you learn to survive by being observant of people and their emotional states. So there's also that. And then, you know, the sympathetic um, aspect to, to the energy, like the higher, like you said, beyond the veil kind of stuff. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, and also like you mentioned, like the more that you accept it, the less you're using it as a tool, as a darker aspect, as a tool, like the less you're playing it out for your own self and you're using it as like this channeling goodness that comes through you. Absolutely. You're always consensual, right? You're always using it consensually. Absolutely. And also with grace, I, it took me a good, a month or two months to truly surrender myself completely, meaning giving myself to it, giving myself to this divine energy and just use me, use me, use me. I am yours. Use me. Really. It took me like two months to really be, allow the process. And now it's something that I hold a very strong energy of grace and humbleness with. Uh, yeah. because i know it's not of me it yeah. is through me right 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 absolutely that's a good point as well yeah yeah because yeah, once you start bringing your kind of um karma or you know playing yourself out through it it gets kind of messy it gets really right. dangerous even that's right yeah and i i do feel like a lot of the time i get called to to that situation and i i can I almost always say yes, but um, I can. I do have the choice to to set a boundary there too. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, that was indeed very deep. And I <laughs> thank you for that. That's really great. I'm thank very you. grateful. I'm out the closet now, I guess. <laughs> so am I. It's great. <laughs> All right. That feels Woo-hoo. great. That feels great. Okay. Lovely. Ah. Oh. Well, there. There you go. There you are. It's just, it's, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to be observed as who you are, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, lovely. 
So the next section that you picked is share a shame. I always felt this, but I never feel like I could tell anyone. Share a shame. How does that speak to you? Share a shame. I think, oh, for me, one of the biggest <clears throat> shames that I uh, continue to carry, you know, just talking about it, I feel the lump come in my throat. And it, I right. think it's something that I may carry for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, regardless of how much processing I do with it. And that is my marriages. I've had you know, I've been married and divorced and a couple of times and they've been mm-hmm. to physically abusive men. Mm-hmm. And in these, you know, in these relationships, I carried my children with me, you know, okay. uh, through them. And, uh, mm-hmm. and for me, I could, I could be with it. I could be with that part of my journey probably more peacefully if I had not had my children go through that journey as well. I I carry a lot of shame that they too have um, been impacted by trauma as a result of the choices that I've made in my life. Okay. Okay. So that's the big, that's the big point there. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that, I hear the narrative that's huge narrative, isn't it? That you don't want, you never, you never want your child to go through those those tactics you always want to try and um protect them i guess protect them from from him from any of those things absolutely and part of the process for me peter has been in that right so that's the one side of the coin where Mm -hmm. the choices i've made have resulted in them experiencing these traumas of their own you know Mm -hmm. own perspectives and own experiences and on the other side of the coin is because of what they have experienced, these individuals are such incredibly powerful, insightful, resilient, loving, empathetic, compassionate individuals. And yes, I'm their mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they came from you. <laughs> no, meaning I'm, I'm a little biased, you know. Oh, got you, got you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but truly, they are just such a resilient, mm. incredibly um, uh, empowered individuals of their own fruition. Right. So, so right. you know, as as much as there is shame there, and I will carry that, even though there has been a lot of forgiveness and amends made there, mm-hmm. um, it's something that as a, as a mother, I will always carry. I try to also uh, remind myself of that reframe of who they are today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And it's, that's, I'm sure that's something that just gets carried from from being a mother right because you just want you just have that energy i guess of just wanting your kids to be safe and uh, having a having the best life i think there's a strange counter intuition here with hardship isn't there which is kind of the whole reason i i set this podcast up is that everyone goes through hardship and actually if you can survive it and then also heal it and grow f- through it, like you become these, you become so much more compassionate, so much more loving and resilient. And 
it's a it's a strange thing because you'd never wish that on any on you'd never wish trauma on anyone particularly um but you'd kind of i'd wish the after effects you know i'd wish the, the 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 places that that it takes you and perhaps that's what i'm trying to say to whoever is gonna listen um it there is there's always hope there's always hope in those situations yeah and it does take you somewhere eventually it does it does if you if you make the choices right so for me a big part of my transformation in healing was um turning away from blaming the situations in my life and turning towards okay now what Mm -hmm. okay that's truth that's reality that's a thing that has happened to me that has impacted me and 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 then you know and and choosing okay now what do i want to do about it and i think both of my children have have you know have chosen that yes you know ma i was in this situation because mom made a choice to marry this individual that created all of this dysfunction Mm. and and i myself had my own programs of dysfunction running them in those times but at some point in the journey especially my son because he's older at some point he pulled away from the blaming me and blaming the circumstances and shifted into okay now what yeah for sure yeah and i think about my own life um you know the the moment that i saw my parents as human beings who had their own story you know we have these kind of like from childhood it's i mean children see their parents as omniscient beings right they're gods because they need to be like that's just how children get by you know their mother is the the godly feminine the the father is always the godly masculine so it's, it, they assimilate that into their being and yeah that's just a necessary part of of understanding how the world works but it it's not the complete picture is it it's 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 like a journey uh, of seeing my parents as people who are playing out their own narrative because that's what they're here to do. They're here to play their narrative. I'm here to play mine. Um, And it's like, you know, I used to be really um, actually quite spiritual bypassing kind of aspects, you know, like trying, trying to skip ahead and not, and not work through a lot of my story, not work through the feelings in my body and kind of, that was a stage of my life. And I think the one thing that allowed me to actually be me and, and, and work through my story is to see, see the people in my life as, as people who have their own hardship, their own, their own light and dark aspects for sure. Yeah. 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 I know. I know for me personally, specifically with my mother, okay. uh, who, who was an alcoholic, I, I right. could not understand for most of my life why she couldn't just stop. Right. And it took my alcoholic father, who I'd reunited with years later when I was much older, that said to me, Veronica, what you don't understand is that she literally needed the drink to breathe. Right. And there was something about the way that he said that and coming from him that really made the impact to me that this wasn't something that she was choosing. She wasn't 
emotionally, mentally, physically choosing to abandon me. This was something that literally she had no control of. She'd lost control in her life. And in, and seeing her in that humanness, then I was able to do my about face, my shift of blaming her to, okay, now what? Okay. I need to go to self-court groups. Okay. I need therapy. Okay. I need inner child work. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just seeking that support. Um, because I feel like before you engage in like those support networks, um, professional and, you know, sometimes if you're blessed, you can, you can do it through friends. It's not, you know, some things take a professional that's trained in, in trauma, but, um, yeah, once you have that support, like that's almost what you're seeking from them as parents, right? You're seeking their like approval, validation, you're seeking the support and like, you can find all of those things in yourself through like therapy and other forms. And, and once you find that it, it becomes less, less important to find it in them. Yeah. Yeah. You're no longer going to the empty well. Uh Uh-huh. Oh yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) Go to the empty well and you look for water in there every day. (laughs) You're looking for it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that you, you said that you, you feel it in a lump in your throat, right? You, that's your bodily thing. Does it ever move for you or is it always the same feeling? Around shame? Yeah. Um, around shame, I usually feel my shame. If it's something that I'm needing to say that, the shame doesn't want me to say it's always in my throat and it feels like a closing off off of my throat. It feels like the lump in the throat. Um, If I'm sitting with shame and not necessarily engaging in conversation about it, it's in my belly. And when I feel it in my belly, it's really about just taking a moment, just, you know, practicing the pause. I, I, Uh I, I, I I talk about, um, so practicing the pause and just doing a little inventory, like (laughs) what's going on? Where am I? What just happened? What am I thinking? Like, did something happen that I consciously didn't, um, pick up on and it's in that practicing of the pause that I'm able to go oh okay wait a minute that thing just happened and maybe the way they said it really didn't resonate for me and then processing it out and it could take all of maybe a minute to do this Mm -hmm. Um, but it's in that practicing of the pause um, that I'm able to um, um, put it where it belongs so to speak so it's not sitting in my belly right 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 I understand thanks yeah that makes me think of a book that i'm reading right now called radical acceptance by tara brack and Mm. it always makes you feel like yeah sometimes when i'm going through shame i don't actually want to admit that it's kind of an emotional charge for me rather than someone else you know Uh coming from yeah it's it's maybe it's an assumption or a blame or a judgment that i've put on the situation um, because ultimately shame is the fear of disconnection, isn't it? Like it's the, it's the fear of not being good enough, um, right. for your community or, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about in, in terms of shame? Um, I think Brene Brown says it the best, you yeah. know, that it's really, 
there's so much freedom in sharing your shame. Mm. Um, so long as you find someone worthy of hearing your story um, yeah. and you share it in that safe container, the freedom that is behind it, I think I, I would really want to advocate for in a big way because mm -hmm. so many um, are stopped in the tracks of mm -hmm. journey, transformation, and self-healing because of that shame piece. Either they can't take the feeling in their body or they are... Um, you know, it just becomes too uncomfortable to go any further. And, you know, for me, what I would say is if you can take that deep breath and lean into the discomfort even a little bit more, the freedom that is behind there um, is, is transformation. It will change your life. Right. And, um, and the more you do it, the less of a grip it has on you. Yeah. Like before, when I would talk about my journey, uh, especially around the trauma with my children, I, I couldn't talk about it without crying. Right, right, right. Uh, and, I, and it's been a practice, a process of me to get to this place where I still have the feeling in my throat when I'm going to talk about it, mm -hmm. but I'm not crying <laughs> the ugly yeah. cry about it. I can get through it and not cry. And, and it's, it's, it's releasing its grip on me. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I can resonate with that too. The emotional charge lessens, it gets less sharp. You know, it's not digging into my sides. And, and yeah, it is curious really about the kind of bodily sensation because sometimes it does sort of overwhelm the capacity to, to share. So you yeah. do, yeah, you do have to sit with that first. Yeah. And, and, and I remember in the beginning when I was in my healing journey, I went sharing around my sexual traumas okay. um, that I've had, uh, there would be a lot of anxiety around it. A lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, moving my head around and observing mm. and looking around, you know, that safety mm. thing as a survivor, looking around, observing and, you know, that anxious energy kind of yeah, yeah. Um, static around. And the more that I've shared it, now I can share um, my my sexual traumas, what has happened, how it's happened. And there's no residual. There's no, not even here, not even here. So in that arena, I've really gotten to a place where there's real freedom. But that's been a process of deep, um, you know, sister circles, goddess dances, um, yeah. super inner child's work. That's been a long process of getting to all of those la layers of releasing the trauma energetically. Right. I see. Yeah. That's beautiful to hear. And uh, it, yeah, with the sexuality thing and sexual trauma, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big place. I, I'm not even like, I'm not even, I'm, I'm intentionally moving through that world, but I'm not even sort of, I, I can happily admit that I, I still have a lot of kind of charges and sensitivity around that journey for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a big topic, isn't it? To, yeah. to heal from that kind of experience. I actually had a really, in, um, I had a really big moment today where I actually, for the first time admitted, I just admitted that I, I, these memories aren't going to disappear that they are part of my life. Um, I think, yeah, previously, like I'd, I'd done a lot of healing for the sake of trying to transcend these things rather than accept them as, as a, as, as a gift, I guess, as a, as part of my life, as part of the journey. So yeah, full acceptance of that is, 
it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So good to, that's inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the last section we have here is 315. Um, it's like a blank canvas. I always say you can throw whatever paint you like at it. The biggest piece I'd like to share to anyone listening to this is that we are not the traumas that have happened to us. They have impacted us. They have conditioned us. They have programmed us. But that is not the truth of who we are. And I think I started that saying that's my mm. vibe, right? And yeah. it's, it's such a big part of who I am because for all of for, for a very big part of my life, I believed I was the feeling of a sexual, uh, um, you know, being sexually molested, the energy of that. I was mm. the I was the product. I was the energy of being someone who chose domestic violence relationships. I was the daughter mm. Of uh, two alcoholics, right? So I really took on those traumas that I've been through in my life as my identity, and right. I match that frequency in my life. In other words, I chose in accordance to those thoughts, to those, yeah. you know, to to that frequency, and. Yeah. And, and that I had, uh, you know, all of these life, life situations that have happened to me created a very high tolerance of unacceptable behavior in my life of others and of myself. So I could be in the fetal position in my bed for hours on end crying and in a state of depression because that was my very high tolerance of unacceptable behavior within myself. And it was only when I started to reset the bar of what was acceptable behavior in my life for myself and and for others that I really started to, then the external things in my life started to start to shift and to, and to change. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's a process. Yes. It's, right. it's, it's, it's all a process. So for me, the, the biggest thing is, you know, don't believe everything your mind tells you. Don't believe everything your body tells you. Don't believe everything that your energy tells you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, it's, it, it's been a process of, you know, taking, you know, peeling the, the onion of my life uh, back and learning about how circumstances, how situations, how people have, have conditioned me to, to be a certain way in my life. And then doing that pivot and about phase to, okay, now what, what do I want to do with that? Yeah. And not that I don't have my moments because I do. And I, I grace myself with those moments because I'm a human being having this experience. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but it's more in balance. It's more where I'm not teetering completely. I'm laying in bed for days on or hours on end. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's like I give myself an extra, you know, 20 minutes or so to really be in a soft space. And then I say, okay, now what? And, and yeah. we get up and we get moving. Um, yeah. Right. So, so the, I think that would be the paint that I want to put up here. Great. Yeah. I can really resonate with that. And it's, I like what you're talking about with the balance um, and yeah, just um, observing those, those different, um, different energies, aren't they? Different states of existing. And I think both are very necessary. Um, with, yeah. And like you said, we're conditioned very, very, very heavily on one side, like the sensory circuits that we have. Yeah in our immediate environment. So the five senses are like pretty much are taught to be our like marker to, for reality. Right. And that, that's what you said about identity and being conditioned in, in your environment. But, um, I always like to say that you can't, you can't move on. You can't transcend like a boundary 
that you can't first imagine yourself on the other side of like who you're going to be when you get there. Um, because like your ego is designed for safety and it just won't let you go somewhere that you haven't like partnered with it and said, you know, this is where we're going. And you show it the map. <laughs> You're like, this is, you know, this is how I foresee it looking, you know, it might change, but, and then your ego's like, oh, okay, I can lean into that. I can lean into that. I think there's so many people that like just want to get from A to B and like don't don't want their ego involved. They're like, oh, stay out of the way. Like, you know, it's um okay, if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have quite a fractious life. And like you mentioned, the fragmented state, basically. Yeah. And and also to 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 take this to a, a um, constructive place. Also, when I would be spiraling in those spaces, right, whether it be the depression or I would clean like a lunatic just to get out of my mind and okay. uh, like a, a compulsive cleaning or or anything like that. Whenever I find myself caught up in a uh, behavior that no longer serves me, and I'll know it if I just ask myself in the moment. I'll just feel it. You can just mm-hmm. feel it when you're in a place where it, no, it doesn't serve you. Yeah. For me, a powerful process is to ask myself first, is there a part of me that is trying to communicate with me? Ah, I see. Yeah. So for me, a powerful process is when I'm in those states to, to, to pause, you know, practice the pause with myself. Is there a part of me that is trying to communicate to me? Mm. And if there is intuitively after and in time, you'll start to, to get those hits. Yes. This is Mm. your eight year old. She's feeling really, you know, scared, or this is your 13 year old. She's feeling really confused or whatever Mm. part fragmented energy might be trying to communicate to me in that moment. And it's putting me in that, that holding pattern for the moment because that's what it's comfortable with so if I can articulate for myself in that moment enough you know if I can get out of that energy space just enough to ask the question what part of me is trying to 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 um or is there a part of me that's trying to communicate to me right now that's where that healing work can be done where you can connect to that part and sit with that part as i call it knee to knee and have that healing Mm -hmm. interaction of how are you feeling oh i'm feeling all alone i'm feeling abandoned i'm feeling Mm -hmm. not important i'm feeling unworthy all the things Yeah. yeah um yeah. Right. And that's an important piece that I want to mention here, because as you said so beautifully, you can't skip over. OK, yeah. let me just go ahead and take a shower and get about my day. You know, it, it, we can and we do often. But a powerful piece to interject in this so that we transform is to practice this connecting. Is there a part of me that is trying to keep me here because it needs to be heard? Right. Right. Yeah. Because you're just going to. You're just going to cycle through it um, pretty much infinitely. If 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 something like if a part of yourself needs to be heard, it you know it will keep cycling back to you until right. you listen. And then it and then it gains energy, doesn't it? After a while, like if you if you're trying to ignore it, then it gains energy. It's it literally won't go away until <laughs> until you face it. 
That's right. And, and it'll just keep coming each day, isn't yeah. it? It's Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wake up. Oh, same feeling again. <laughs> oh, same feeling again. Yeah. Right. 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 And I guess, yeah, we all have our coping mechanism, mechanisms and we, we've all got to be practical at work and stuff. Um, but then, you know, when you get that space to finally sort of um, re- return to resting, I guess, those those are the places where you might feel frustration because when, when you finally return to resting, that's when, like, you have the space to hear these voices and, you know, the best way to, to do that right is to listen. Yeah. And it also puts a little bit of a constructive spin on it, which pulls a little, which offers a little space between the energy and, and, you know, where you're at, instead of being sucked into that rabbit hole and being coming one with the energy, Mm -hmm. having this constructive, you know, insight of questioning and what's going on here pulls you back a little bit intellectually so that you get a little bit of space in between you and it and the blob just doesn't suck you up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's good that you mentioned that because there's very definite um, difference between like that meditative, meditative disassociative state where you can like analyze and kind of be the parent that you need um, in that moment. And then there's like full immersion, like re-traumatization isn't there where you're just you're just back in that memory and that's never that useful unless you're with a professional basically. That's right. Right. Yeah. So that's a good thing to mention. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there anything else you want to say? We got a couple of minutes left. I don't think so. I feel yeah. like that's really good. Yeah, I feel like we've covered. Yeah, it does. It does feel like, yeah, that came naturally to a, a good, uh, a good point for sure. It does. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for being you and joining me here today. And, oh, thank um, you, Peter, for creating this beautiful space. I thanks. deeply appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you as well. Um, if anyone wants to reach you, how can they reach you? Oh, um, I have a Facebook page. So okay. uh, my work is um, on my Facebook page that I do my business page, Veronica Paris. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me, Peter. absolute pleasure to have you here today Veronica thank you so much and what a conversation we had Um, hope everyone at home enjoyed today's conversation if you'd like to support the podcast we have patreon uh, links down below in the show notes or you can join our facebook community called we are the light people thanks everybody and take care See you next time.